episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a special episode. In fact, <clears throat> we just did episode 148 last night, and so people are probably barely even catching up to that. So if you are checking in on your podcast right now and you're hearing this, you might, and this is the first one you've listened to this week, you got to go back one more because we did a full two and a half hours last night. So you get in the bonus episode, 149 here. We'll call it 149 because it is what it is. Uh, special episode. Um, this is really interesting, unprecedented, uncharted waters for disc golf pro, especially the pro tour and FPO. We have special guests here tonight. Chris Clark, everybody, discgolf.law. How are you doing, Chris? Doing well, guys. How are you? Absolutely. Well, oh, do I have no audio there? That's okay. I talked most of it anyways. You're was, I, was I muted the whole time? Yeah, but you know, you didn't say too much as oh, usual. Man, I was I, talking about how I was going to give $1,000 to some random subscriber, all these great things, and I guess everybody missed it. So that's okay. It's not happening now. Per usual, yeah. I talk more. Okay. Uh, but but uh, Chris's audio is great. You know, I didn't have him muted. But Well, last night Thank they were you, complaining man. about your audio levels, so we just muted you, got rid of it. All Look, at this point, it's turned into the Nick and Mike show. We got to figure out the mic issues every single week, and we're there getting we there. We're slowly getting there. I'm, I move what feels like every single month to a new place, but anyways, killer episode. But Matt, before we really, really get into all that, this episode is also presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Go to Cosmic TG for all your cosmic needs. Um, ton more to say about that if you go on to their website, but then also... Massive giveaways going on right now. We've talked about it yesterday, the week before, and the week before that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Create some dummy accounts. Get us to 10,000 subscribers. And we have two massive giveaways going on right now. And uh, anyways, so Matt, take it away. Yeah, that 48-hour giveaway is still going on. So anyone who subscribed in the last 48 hours, which is actually coming up on 24 hours now, someone in there is going to win. So, okay. Let's get into it. This golf pro tour, the official pro tour of the PDGA. Uh, a few weeks ago, made an announcement. I think it was two weeks ago now that they have adjusted their schedule for the FPO, specifically canceling some events. I think it was D Glow, it was Ledgestone, it was uh, MVP. <clears throat> I think I might have missed one. What did I miss? Uh, Ledgestone, Disney Open went down. Uh... That's Eagle, okay. Ledgestone. Canceled. MVP. Yeah. That's right. I'm missing one, but that's okay. So they canceled some events. They were adjusting others, saying, let's move them other locations. We're working hard to do that. I had sources that told me this is a fluid situation. Please sit tight. Everybody be patient. So I said to all of our listeners, please be patient. It's a fluid situation. I, I communicated that. And last night, unknowing of this announcement, I said, hey, by next week, it might be different. Everything might be put back. Well, in an interesting way, turn of events, let's talk about what was just announced. And Chris is here sitting in Evan's seat tonight. Um, I think he's a good fit for when Evan's not able to make it for a lot of reasons. But thank you, Chris, for joining. We look forward to your opinion. So today, the disc golf, I'm going to read through this um, announcement and we'll just react as we go. And then we have follow up opinions and comments we'll make as well. The Disc Golf Pro Tour is pleased to announce an opportunity for the disc golf community to come together and chart a new path forward with the creation of the Disc Golf Pro, or the DGPT United Series. The United Series is a new event designation that will be assigned to select FPO competitions beginning with the 2023 Ledgestone Open. Transgender women are eligible to compete in the FPO division and United Series events, if any of the three sets of criteria in C1, C2, or C3, this is a PDGA, I'm just giving you a summary here, it's the PDGA's eligibility requirements uh, for gender-based divisions, as long as any of those criteria are met, implementing this standard means that eligibility to compete in a United Series event will be rooted in recognizing and celebrating gender identity. Let's stop after this first paragraph. Uh, first reactions that I'm getting, and I'll, I'll reach out for yours, they're pleased to announce they've been working hard towards finding a way to come together. Disc golf was split, is how I'm reading this paragraph. In their mind, disc golf professionally was split, and there was upheaval. It sounds to me like they're saying their solution to come together right now 
is transgender women are eligible at certain designated events, a new designation called United Series, as long as they are met in the C1, C2, C3, which we'll talk about what that is. Uh, what do you think about this? Just let hard stop there, this come together moment. Uh, there's a United Series event designation. I mean, kind of first reaction is the paragraph talking about how, you know, the events that were severely affected, let's say D-Glow for the Elite Series events, D-Glow, Ledgestone, and MVP Open. We had Steve Dodge on a few weeks ago talking about this. Um, those events are actually going back to, as we could say, normal with an FBO division at those events under the United Series kind of guidelines, you know, what what that is actually doing. So it's good to see that. I know that's been a huge reaction for a lot of people was, um, especially being from the Massachusetts disc golf scene, you just see all of the people that are talking about, wow, no FPO division at Maple Hill. This is incredible. I, I want my refund. Insane. You know, this is horrible. And now that the FPO division is coming back, it seems like it's, you know, back on a good pace for that event. Sure. Chris, what are your first reactions to hear that news? You know, um, we did a, a video on our YouTube channel not too long ago where um, I was accused and probably rightly so of uh, maybe being a little tough on the Disc Golf Pro Tour's recent announcement of how they were planning to handle the rest of the season. Um, and so I, I think this is a refreshing welcome um announcement and um it it's more in line with what i would expect from the pro tour um and i realize you know you've paused at the first paragraph and so i want to mm -hmm. reserve some of my comments for mm -hmm. once we've sort of discussed the issue broadly but um yeah overall i would say um you know on the first paragraph you read positive reaction mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a lot more to unpack here because once you get the whole context, the questions and the sentiments and the opinions and the the happiness and the anger, everything starts feeling like it's bubbling yeah. up. So one one of one of the things that I you know, and this is kind of a question out to the chat is it's talking about in the article the C one, the C two, or the C three, the PDGA policy. Oh, if I actually click on that, I'm sure. Yes. So the, never mind. All right, I lied. You, you can, can click on it. it in the DJ. I was gonna say like, where the heck do I find this? But uh, that's okay. I, I dragged Nick in here. I had time today to check it out, and I was like, Nick, you get on here. So C one, C two, C three. It does allude to that in this first paragraph, but ultimately that is rever not reverting, but going back to saying that the rules that they had last year. Okay, which were ultimately it goes down to a hormone treatment therapy, which is below a certain I think it's is it two nanomoles uh, per whatever it is. Yep. And over at least 24, 24 months, prior. months prior, you know, observed by or whatever by a, a physician or a doctor and then maintaining that. And so that's the lowest criteria. The second is gender affirming surgery um, plus that. Uh, below two nanomoles per whatever it is. Again, I'm not a doctor, but it's that level maintained uh, for, for the same period of time. And then the third is the current standard that they chose to use for elites, what it was current, kind of still is current for non-United Series designated events. It's going to start getting confusing, but we don't have to make it confusing. But they're saying any of those criteria now will allow um, a competitor to play in a series event that's designated United Series. So we have elite series, uh, technically, you have silver events. Um, now you have United series. Now the chat, just sit tight. This sounds stupid. I hear what people are saying in the chat. This sounds stupid. This sounds dumb. Let's just sit back. You heard the first paragraph. Here we go. Uh, that's, his, that's their reaction though. That's okay. We gave our first reaction. That's their first reaction. All right. The United series designation has now been applied to the five recently impacted events as announced. So they, when they announced it, it was the Discraft, Discraft Ledgestone Open, Discraft Great Lakes Open, America Flying Disc Open, Discmania Open, and the MVP Open. The FPO divisions in these events are now restored and will take place at their original locations. To be clear, FPO division, they are saying it is the FPO division. The events are restored. In addition, the Professional Disc Golf Association has announced that the PDGA Professional Disc Golf World Championships will also be open to any transgender woman who meets C1, C2, C3. So the same criteria on their policy. All restored events will receive the same resources and coverage as typical. So they're trying to reinforce their 
This is, we're going to treat it the same. Future events that do not carry the United Series designation will continue to require that transgender women competitors meet the C3 criteria. And this is what we said. So can you simplify, Chris, you probably understand this. I understand it, but I want to give you that opportunity. What, what do we see happening here? They're restoring some events and then some events are staying the same. And why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any big secret that the um, events being held in states that are likely to uphold the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tours gender eligibility policy that was passed late last year are they're applying the more stringent criteria, the C3 criteria, right? And then the states where it is likely that um, Natalie Ryan or conceivably some other transgender uh, woman disc golfer could successfully legally challenge those policies, they are reverting back to the C1 eligibility, the, um, you, you know, the t- testosterone level criteria. Um, and and the, the way that they've positioned it is they are this, the states where they're applying the C3 criteria, those are celebrating fairness in the sport and where they are relaxing or suspending their rules and applying the C1 criteria, they are celebrating inclusivity. So um, I think that's a smart spin that the Pro Tour has put on that. But again, I don't, I don't think I'm surprising anybody by saying it was a state-by-state decision based on the likelihood of how the legal battle would play out. Mm-hmm. I, I did, yep. and I'm sorry to interrupt, Matt, but I did, I did I'm curious to hear what you guys think about one, one thing that you mentioned, which is um, the Disc Golf Pro Tour has announced that um, this is going to also apply at Worlds. Um, which is a PDGA event. I just thought it was interesting that they lumped worlds all into kind of this one announcement from the pro tour. Okay. That is interesting. I've thought through the fact that it, that the PDGA has made this decision, but I didn't think through why it was lumped in here with the disc golf pro tour. That is interesting. I think, Hmm, maybe it was just slid in there as a, Hey, you're already making the announcement. We'll just kind of let, you know, Probably, yeah. I, I bet you it shows up on the PDGA page somewhere, but not the same way. So, yeah. but my that's another great talking point as well. We'll get off topic here just a little bit, but I believed, and I wasn't making a big deal out of this on the show for the sake of trying to preserve, how do I say it? Uh, LL Bean, big sponsor, not right. causing massive... I was willing to say, let's stay patient for a few weeks and see what happens before we bring that opinion because... I just, there's a lot going on. And I did think in that time, though, there would be a massive, massive issue. I mean this with all due respect to the com- any competitor who won, but if the PDJ has a rule that said one way, and then they let the rule slide and said, okay, fine, now this person can or these people can play and they win, but we don't believe it's fair, like, it would be a big mess. So they're reverting down to their lower criteria, which still says, we think it's fair if this is met. They had to do that. They had to do that if they were going to let them play. And otherwise, they were going to get taken to court. And then L.O. Bean very likely would be like, yeah, I'm out of here. So was it for money? I don't know. Comment. What do you think's going on with that? Um, Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Nick. I think kind of looking at that paragraph as well, once again, kind of talking about the C1, the C2, the C3, the policy on eligibility for gender-based divisions. Um, one of the biggest questions as I'm kind of just reading through those policies is kind of the testing aspect of it. Um, I think we know in majority of other professional sports, they test for just about everything that they can. And it's not like, you know, Matt, if you're a professional baseball player and someone suspects you of taking steroids and you go and you pass the test, the media is not like, oh my gosh, Matt Graham passed the test. But if you fail the test, that's when the MLB will make an announcement. I think kind of, and the same thing in the Disc Golf Pro Tour slash the PDGA is, is that testing actually getting done? And I know that's an insanely 
I would say, personal question if you were to ask that for anyone trying to play as a transgender player. Um, but is that testing actually being done? Maybe it is in the sense of that's why the PDGA is being silent because all the tests are actually showing that, you know, player A is, you know, under the 2.0, you know, NMOL for at least 24 months prior, yada, 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 all that stuff. So I'm curious if they, you know, because it, it talks about also in the policy, if a player is to fail or is suspended with their hormone therapy, then the two years restarts. And so I'm curious is we, all of that stuff actually being done? We wouldn't know that. And I'm not sure that we should know that about individuals. We could know that somebody failed something. Yeah. Th that could be public if the if the mm -hmm. Pro Tour wanted to say, hey, we are doing testing and they failed testing. They don't have to say what the testing is. They, I mean, yeah. we could all <laughs> make our assumptions on that. Mm -hmm. um, that brings up another question is like, well, then it, we're getting into the weeds here. But then we got to test all players. For, for everything. No, I don't, I don't mean everything like I'm talking, you know, <laughs> drugs. I'm not talking like all that right now. But I mean, people are talking about all different, like all different levels and everybody's different levels. Some women have different levels and now we got to treat everybody for calling that fair. This is getting into the weeds. I don't, we don't need right now go down that topic. This topic mm -hmm. right now isn't so much about is it fair or not. It's about the news yeah. that's been announced. So yeah, let me move back to that for a minute. We do have other topics to bring up that will be interesting here, including points. How does that work? The series, bonus payouts, all of this stuff. We are going to get to it. Uh, I have comments and quotes taken from some FPO players. Um, and I have quotes here that let me read from Jeff Spring himself. Side note, Jeff Spring is not the emperor of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. He is not the one and only striking a hammer down as a judge would do and saying, this is how we move forward. He is the voice and he is the face, but there is a group running this business that helps make these decisions. And I know strongly that this had to be a very large financial, financial decision and a business decision. So we have to keep that in mind for everyone who's crying out. And we'll get to this too, that this is a horrible look for someone who wants to support fairness as they see it. It's easy to say that when your your finances and your life and your business isn't at risk. So like you make good business decisions. Um, and I think that's what's happening here. Now, some can say, well, it's a bad business decision. We can talk about that. But here's what Jeff said. We're happy to deliver a solution that's supported by the Disc Golf Pro Tour tour card players. Interesting. Tour card players supported. Uh, is that a vote? Is that a Facebook group, as we often hear about? Um, on both ends of this issue, so they believe that they've heard from both ends of the issue. Gender eligibility is a topic that transcends the sport of disc golf, absolutely, and is destined to be, this is a big word, adjudicated in larger sports and bigger courts, said Jeff Spring, tour director. Let's just stop there real quick. Disc golf pro tour is not big business. They are not rolling in the dough. Now, I actually have what I believe is some insider information on money because for a while I was working with them. I'm not going to disclose that. That wouldn't be nice of me. And I was like, dang, they could pay me more. Like, I, I thought, you know, they're making money. Mm -hmm. I don't see all their Excel spreadsheets and budgets and where it's all going, but they're making money, but they're not big business. And when you start having to go to court every single event, and pay $100,000 per event, real quick, you're looking at the business side going, we can go bankrupt and the Disc Golf Pro Tour can be over, or we can try to make things work in an interims, like, so that we can keep trying to find a solution. For those who think that this is a horrible decision one way or the other, then fine, let's just cancel all Disc Golf Pro Tour. <laughs> Some people are principled that way. Some people are, Chris, and they're just like, fine, I'd rather it canceled. Yeah, I, I would, there's a saying that's been around forever. I have no idea who said it first, but um, it goes something like if you are in a negotiation and you're trying to reach a settlement with an adverse party and both sides walk away upset with the result, then it's probably a fair result. And I think that applies in this case. We know that there are um, folks on both sides of this issue that aren't going to be happy with this result. I 
would love to know who came up with this idea and, and talk to that person and ask them some questions. Because on balance, I actually think given the options, some of which you just described, I think this is a pretty commendable outcome um, in, in light of all the circumstances. Um, we've, uh, I, I read a quote from um, Natalie Ryan's lawyer saying that, um, you know, it's not enough, we're gonna continue to fight and that's, that's to be expected. Um, I'm sure there are folks on the other side who are upset that um, Natalie is going to be back playing um, multiple events on the Pro Tour for the rest of the season as well. I would just urge everyone, you know, the, the, the Pro Tour and the PDGA were in, very diff, in a very difficult spot. Some would argue somewhat of their own making, and that's fine. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But given the complications involved so many aspects of this issue, I actually think this is a commendable outcome. And um, selfishly, I'm pleased that I'll get to spectate uh, FPO at Ledgestone next week. <laughs> um, I was pretty bummed that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, half, the, half, not half the field, but whatever it would be, a third of the field wouldn't be there. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that, that, for the spectators, I won't, I won't make it personal about me. For spectators in general, I'm glad people who have tickets to these events will get to see FPO and MPO. That is a win. Um, I had written this down. Neither side feels like a win. And to your point, that's, that's excellent observation. And that's something I noticed as well. But, and I will say this, and I'm, I never consider myself a journalist as, as uh, the formal terminology of it. But from my sources and my understanding, this was a necessary step at this time for the sport of disc golf as a whole. It was a necessary step to do this. Whether you think it's a win or not, this isn't the end game. And I don't want to go so far as to say it like just straightforward, but the Disc Golf Pro Tour is playing chess right now. And, everyone, and I don't mean this to our chat listeners, but a lot of the social media world is playing checkers. This is a horrible decision. You don't know it all. You don't know the forward move five steps away. And that's where they're looking at. And this is a necessary step right now. It may not be considered a win to either side, but I think this is a get us through, figure out what needs to happen next. So Matt, let me, let me interrupt you and ask you a question about that. Because I wondered when the Pro Tour made such a surprising announcement and a drastic announcement weeks ago, whether it was a chess move, part of a bigger strategy. So my question, I'm just curious what you and Nick think, did the Pro Tour know or expect this outcome when they made the original announcement? Or do you think it's more likely they made the original announcement, then came up with a new decision and walked back the decision from a few weeks ago? I think personally, if I'm thinking about, I think their decision and when they came out with it without as much explanation that was needed, I think that was a little bit hasty. I think they had ideas of um, a solution falling like this that we're having right now the conversations about, but I think it was also if everyone had taken this and been like, oh my gosh, that was the greatest decision that the Pro Tour ever made. And I think that was kind of a win for them. But like I said, I think they're a little bit hasty, but I think this idea was probably brewing up for uh, like since they made that announcement or if not before it. It wouldn't have been that crazy. I mean, it, it would, it would kind of look smart looking back on it in a way to let those of us who are fans of professional disc golf, who are spectators of professional disc golf, to think for a few weeks, geez, we're not going to have, we may not have FPO to watch at all. Um, if you've got tickets to an in-person event, you're not going to see the FPO field. Um, questions about coverage, questions about points, questions about purses. Let everybody sort of stew with that idea for a while and then come up with this solution, which now we can celebrate that some of those things we thought we were going to miss, now we're not going to miss. I'm not suggesting 
that they did that. I'm not even suggesting that I think that they did that, but it's interesting to think about. And that's why I would love to know more about that. Um, maybe one day I will, who knows? Yeah. I feel like the answer to that is somewhere in the, as fans, we like to react a lot. I feel like they're, this is, how do I say it? Disc Golf Pro Tour is not dumb. And when I say pro tour, I mean organization. And for some reason, Nick's not in the room here, but you're still gone, but I can hear you. Oh, drop out. Kick, kick out all together because I can't. Yeah, we can't hear you. Okay. I feel like they know what the ramifications are of making decisions. They, when Nick says hasty, like they aren't just pulling a plug without having an idea of what's next, at least in my opinion. That's not absolutely not. They're going, well, what are we going to do next? They have a pool of ideas. So when they made that decision, there's definitely, I'm, I'm saying chess play. It brought it to a head. And this is going to be speculation. Backroom conversations are happening that we don't know about. I really believe that. And that period of time put a lot of pressure to make those conversations happen. These conversations happened to get to this place where this is a way longer conversation than we can have right now, but where this is being determined, how can we right now move forward where it makes financial business sense and we have players who are somewhat supportive of either, like not a win, but supportive of it. And they were able to have these conversations, keep saying speculation here to get to a place where, as I kept alluding to, is this fluid, be patient. They're working on something, I'm sure. And here we are. Now, before we move further into the quotes, they do have support in some ways from Kristen Tatar. You can read this article on there yourself. Um, she talks about how it's a tough decision, but she supports them. Um, they have, uh, I think, Paige Pierce and Ella Hansen as well with the similar types of remark. This is the best solution. This will work. Uh, we feel respected and heard. Um, so three FPO players on the elite level. Um, and I want to read, uh, let me finish this article. Then we can read a few more from other players and what they're saying. So after those quotes, it comes, the United series will function as a coexisting event designation alongside the regular disc golf pro tour, silver elite elite plus and playoff designations. For the remainder of the 2023 season, events that carry the United Series designation will award both standard points and co-equal United Series points. For example, the Ledgestone Open, which is an Elite Plus, FPO Division winner will receive 150 standard points and 150 United Series points. Because there's two series. That event's now you could almost look at as sanctioned by two. So you're winning both if you win. Um, all Disc Golf Pro Tour, let me see, oh, including at the World uh, Championships as well. All Disc Golf Pro Tour events, the eligibility policy is place in, in place based on event designation will inform which players are able to compete and point standings will not supersede those policies. So in events like Ledgestone coming up, where now both of these series will be in play, in the FPO division, FPO players will, I guess my question is if, okay, I'm going to, Natalie Ryan. If Natalie Ryan plays and wins the FPO division, she does not get the normal points. Is that how you read this? Because she's not eligible for that series? Yeah, I was confused about so far. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I fully understand exactly how the points will work. Okay. What do I use? So, what it kind of how I'm reading it is there's a separate tour inside of the tour, and it's lasting until the MVP Open, yes. which will be the end of this event. That's so correct. What does that give them? Five, six events, maybe until the MVP Open. That's under the United Tour. Um, currently, right now, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championships has not made any changes with this united tour or united series in the sense of the disc golf pro tour championships has nothing to do with the united series that that is still for 
you know, what the decision was with the Pro Tour um, a few weeks ago. And so what it sounds like is the way I'm reading it is there's a mini tour right now. It's X amount of events until the MVP open. Yes. And this is but happening in the next paragraph. I'm kind of jumping the gun. I get but. that portion of it. I think they're, mm -hmm. you're going to get, so let's say Paige Pierce, who's not playing, but we'll just pick her because she's not playing. If she was to play and win, does she, she gets United series and she gets standard. Yeah. That's how I read yeah. it. She would get both because it's both series. But yeah. I'm saying for Natalie, is she able to get this new, uh, she gets the new designation for sure. Yeah. Because she's eligible to play there. Um, but you know what? No, now that I'm thinking through it, yeah, she would get both too because they opened up the FPO division to in any criteria of C1, C2, yes. C3. So she's a yes. normal so, competitor in until, there playing with two series. the yeah. Pro Tour Championships. Well, that's which, where I was going to go because yeah. the, the stricter criteria, the C3 criteria are in place for the Pro Tour Championship. Yeah. So, so I think technically she gets awarded those points. Yes. And because like before, before this whole thing even came about, you know, she had played in the Lake Marshall open, which was a wraparound event. So she has this golf pro tour points. And then also, uh, the preserve championships. I think it was, she started OTB open, wasn't able to play the whole thing, but then the preserve. So she has DGPT points. So if for some odd reason, the disc golf pro tour has to go and say, we have to lighten that you know, to C1, C2, or C3, not just C3 specifically, from what I would assume is she would still be gaining all the points for the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the United Series. And then whether those Pro Tour points matter or not is kind of what we will find out in October. And the way that I would assume that works in October is if Natalie, let's say for Ledgestone, she goes and wins the event. She gets 150 points for the Pro Tour. She gets 150 points for the United Series. If she is not allowed to play the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championships whatsoever, then what I would assume is people on the Pro Tour who do the math would just reward those points, award those points to the players who, you know, if Kristen Tatar got second place at, you know, uh, Ledgestone and got 75 points for it, I would assume they would make it so she got 150 or they would just leave it as is. I mean, those are both the options to it, but I, I, I think it. that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I, I see it now. I had that epiphany with that last comment I made. Natalie, assuming, again, we're assuming here, but C1 or C2 or C3 are going to be met for her, and she plays in these United Series designated events, and she wins, she would get both sets of tour points because she was invited to that event, and that event happened to have two series of events. Um, that's how I'm seeing it. Um, what they do at the points at the end, if that's the end, is Maple Hill MVP open. I would assume because it says they will not be moving into play at the championship. So, yeah, it, they're going to be pointless, <laughs> pointless there. But the United Series, they talk about a bonus system. Let me get, go a little further here. The 2023 United Series will culminate at the MVP open. So that's where the end of the United Series is. And the top three competitors in United Series points will receive bonus payouts. So some form of payout. The Disc Golf Pro Tour is committed to maintaining a long-term solution, including the possible, that's a very important word there, extension of the United Series into 2024 and beyond. And we'll release more information on 2024 plans at a later date. Read as, this is very fluid, and we don't know what's next. And I'm not calling them dumb. I'm saying it's fluid, as in they're making decisions, they're having meetings, they're talking to people. Um... They go on to have a nice message at the end towards supportive of all members, da, 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 how they usually close out all their emails. I want to move really quick. We have a few topics outside of the article that we'd like to talk about. Uh, one, I want to read from Sarah Hokum. Uh, she's a large proponent for um, fairness as she promotes it um, in the Disc Golf Pro Tour FPO division, saying that transgender women should not compete in the FPO. Uh, she says this, this is in reaction um, in her social media. This controversy is bigger than disc golf. For us to take on the task of solving this ourselves puts the growth of the sport in jeopardy. While the United Series is not a perfect solution, it does ensure that FPO players can continue to pursue their dreams, travel with their significant others, and play on courses that have historic significance and strong community support while still maintaining the view that bodies that went through male puberty make competition unfair in FPO. 
This also ensures that the Disc Golf Pro Tour is in compliance with state laws in regions that recognize gender identity as and sex as identical. I want to pause for a second there. Chris, this is really, it is an interesting situation because this is not a country law. This is state. It's really disruptive to someone who's doing a tour. Like that is like, it's, that's a massive point here because if the Supreme Court ever gets this and they rule one way or the other, in a lot of ways, that'll make it easier because you'll just say, we don't have a choice. Um, yeah, I, 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 I first um, encountered the idea of gender identity being considered a protected class the same way that sex is, um, frankly, from Natalie's suit that she filed in California and um, reading their civil rights act that, that, that they have, which as you point out is a state law. Um, uh, the Minnesota statute's not identical to California by any means, but um, Minnesota is another jurisdiction that rec recognizes um, gender identity as a protected class as well. And you're right, that is exactly the state by state legal point that I think is most important. And um, if we could have a sport that is better funded uh, to take up that battle all the way to the Supreme Court, um, that that I, I, I think that's certainly what the Pro Tour and the PDGA are hoping for. Um, but, you know, this is not going to be uh, a, a cheap or quick legal battle for anybody yeah um and and so um i i i understand where they're coming from and i i feel like that it's you know when they say this may extend into next year and beyond i i think they're being genuine because like you said it's fluid and we don't really know what the future holds so i have a note here to talk about it's a great transition to talk about we actually still have more sarah hokum too but you brought up maybe there's hopes that another another organization may tackle this. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago, very recent, the, the World Cycling Organization. Um, they implemented a rule very, very similar to the what was the announcement for the Pro Tour this year. World Cycling is way bigger, way bigger than the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And people are like, well, how are they handling it? And I said, they just implemented the rule. Let's watch because... Here's the other thing. If you don't have the transgender woman competitor wanting to compete, you may not see it either. So it's very unique and, and interesting how these might play out. But rugby just implemented it within the last few weeks. Um, it's swimming. And so you're seeing a lot of these do it. And people are like, well, how are they doing it? What, let's just be like them. Well, number one, they don't have maybe that transgender competitor who's wanting to do this fight, maybe. And two... They have a lot more money and they're willing probably to put up the fight if they believe in it and we'll see how it unfolds. So I think you're right, Chris. This I already said this. I think this was a necessary move for the current now interim part of what pro disc golf is. This was currently necessary. And I'm hoping that, yes, we see it play out somewhere else and maybe it makes it as a countrywide decision. Who knows? All right, let me continue on Sarah Hokum's uh, response here. This challenging topic has ripped this sport into two. And the United Series serves to allow disc golf to tread water. She sees it as a, we're just like hanging out here, like on this topic while larger sporting organizations, here she goes right into it. World athletics, cycling, NCAA, Olympics, etc., with much deeper pockets tackles the legal battles. Ultimately, I believe the courts will rule to ensure fairness and competition at all levels for females who did not undergo male puberty. But until those larger battles take place, the sport of disc golf will drown itself in legal system and division within the community will widen if we don't find a way through this soon. That's echoing exactly what I said. I'm not saying I thought it up, but that's just, that's right on. While this is still a huge compromise, she doesn't feel like this is a win. She feels like a major compromise. Most of the F FPO does not want to make this. I think it's the best path forward at this time so we can all get back to what we love, play disc golf and create positive connections with our community and each other. They feel like it's a compromise. As I said, I don't think anyone feels happy. But in this current state, I think it was necessary. 
with where we are at. Um, interesting. Um, I'm trying to see. I thought I had a good comment here from do 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 do. I was kind of. She says they're not waving a white flag okay. at this topic. They're not going to stop fighting for fairness, and as we know, Natalie and her side is not going to either. Um, so this right now is just currently how it is. Um, I do want to put out there, Sarah also went on, these are comments that she's making publicly. MVP has been nothing but supportive of her. I also have no problem with them sponsoring trans athletes. All people should be welcome to play disc golf. While I disagree with the division in which they choose to play, I certainly don't want them to quit throwing Frisbees. We all need disc golf in our life. I, that's, I mean, the great perspective. I think Natalie's camp would disagree still, but like, I think this is right now where we're at is not a, everyone has to agree in Kumbaya. I think it's uh we're here. She said, treading water. Let's keep moving forward with patience and let the people who are making the decisions, make the decisions. Okay. Questions here. Um, what do you, what are we thinking? Like, where do we go from here? Um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot in the chat and I'm seeing a lot publicly. This is dumb. They just gave in. It's all about the money. And I'm like, well, it is all about the yeah. money. But like, if you think people are uh, making, I mean, yeah, a huge decision the towel, about the money. The disc golf it's, pro tour is reverting yeah. on what they believe in. It's cheaper to pay $5,000 bonuses to the players who win those events or win the finale for it. Let's say they get a $5 or $5,000 bonus is cheaper to pay that than it is a hundred plus thousand dollars in litigation fees and everything like that to go to each and every single state and have a court case on it. So yeah, I think it's instead of spending a lot of money and something that's not working in our favor right now, let's make, let's spend a little bit of money until that potentially works in our favor. I mean, I was just kind of reading up on the world cycling governing body and their transgender uh, lawsuit that was just happening. And they had a similar criteria that transgendered athletes could go in until one of the transgender players or cyclists had won an event in May. And now they've gone on female transgender athletes who have transitioned after male puberty will be prohibited. So they're kind of, I don't want to say they adopted the TGPT rules because now we're kind of going away from that in a sense, but they, you know, that, that is their new rule and that was passed and, I don't know. Maybe at the same time, we, uh, it says it's from the governing body of it, but I'm curious if a transgender cyclist goes at the world cycling governing body, um, is this same thing going to happen in that sports organization than it is ours, you know? So uh, I don't know. I, you know, in response to the folks who may be saying that the disc golf pro tour is, abandoning their position or what have you. I, I think, you know, Jeff Spring said in his um, announcement today, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is an organization that cherishes inclusion. We've spent years celebrating the inclusion of trans athletes. Um, I, I don't, I don't perceive this as a uh, change of course in any way mm -hmm. for the Pro Tour. I think, I think it's, what you said earlier, Matt, I think it's, it's a, it's a business decision that they're making in order to, to have the business survive and keep as many people as possible happy. Um, which, which as we've sort of pointed out several times now, it's obviously never going to be everyone. Um, but you know, I think I may have said this a previous time when I was on the show, so I'll apologize for repeating myself, but I just really believe this strongly the folks online that are saying, oh, you know, the solution to this is simple. I've read that so many times and I just stopped reading right there because if you think that this is a simple topic or a simple issue, you're just choosing not to fully appreciate and understand how complex it is. So, you know, again, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like the pro tour has suddenly abandoned their their fight i don't think they even wanted the fight to begin with i think they're just trying to make a good business decision yes and so 
again, react to a few that I'm seeing here. Like, um, seems like this is about making a very small minority happy in the chat. It's not about making a small minority happy. Like, they're not doing this to make somebody happy. They're doing this to save their business. Doesn't As Chris just said, that doesn't mean that they've changed on how they feel about it. But this is a this is a business decision. They're they're like, oh, we want to make somebody happy. Like, okay, no, they they don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars a week on litigation. Like, it's it's yeah. that's a simple thing to understand in my mind. Um, so I do believe this. I'll say it one last time. We'll get ready to wrap up. I do believe this was a necessary step forward. I think it was a business decision. I think it's important for FPO in the pro disc golf future. I actually think disc golf. I have sources, I know things, and sometimes you get this pressure in your head. And I'm like, I actually think disc golf was, maybe not disc golf the recreation, but disc golf the pro side, I really do believe was teetering for a few weeks. I, I actually believe that. Mm -hmm. And that was where my be patient everybody was coming from because I was like, this is incredible. Like, I was stressed out. <laughs> yeah. um, so not all agree with this, and that's fine. Both sides have already been public that they don't. Uh, Natalie's already posted some things saying how this is not a win. But there are some wins, but but not fully, right? And then for those who are saying easy, as Chris said, my reaction, it's easy to stand your ground when your job and your livelihood and all that, your business isn't on the line. Chris, you, I, I got a general question kind of in the law side of things, and you might be able to answer let me, this. Let me, just not, finish my, let me just finish oh, my... God, I was giving sorry. one last finishing statement. Yeah. The Disc Golf Pro Tour agrees with the majority of people speaking about fairness. Like, they are agreeing with the majority. So about making the minority happy? No, they, they actually know the majority. The majority of people are wanting to protect fairness, okay? And I'm actually one of those people. They adopted that rule. They fought for it in court. They said they were disappointed with the court rulings. Like, they are very clear with their stances. They aren't doing this to make someone happy. They're doing this to save the company right now, I believe, their mindset, and with hopes that they can keep this fluid situation moving to extend it to where they, hopefully, the positive future of the sport goes. So that that's my final thing. Sorry, Nick, go ahead. No, no, it's all right. I didn't know I was cutting you off. My bad. Um, Chris, in the general sense of... <laughs> Every kind of sports organization kind of potentially dealing with this right now, like Matt was talking about the cycling organization, you know, NCAA, the Olympics, stuff like that. How likely is any of these cases to jump up the ladder to the Supreme Court? And is there a potential timeline on anything like that? Yeah, I I, I can't say, um, you know, to, I'm not aware of the existence of any other litig of any litigation ongoing in any of these sports right now. Um, and, and I'm not saying that there's not, I'm just literally saying, I don't know. I pay attention to disc golf and, and really not a lot of other sports from the legal side. Um, it, it's a long time. Uh, you know, we have to have a decision, have a verdict at the trial level, and then it would go to the court of appeals and then it would go up to the Supreme court these are all things that take time. The Supreme Court chooses what cases it hears. It could choose not to hear a case on appeal. So I, I think I, I would be shocked if something made it to the United States Supreme Court in the next three or four years. I, I think that that would be a fast time frame if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> The big picture, the big picture. Um, it is what it is. We're here. That was a big announcement today. And I wanted to make sure we capitalize. <laughs> Capitalistic. Here we go. Capitalize business decision to get topics out there and talk about them. I know that our listeners were interested. I know that people are wanting to hear more about this and try to understand it. I will say our chat's usually pretty good. Yeah. Tonight, I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, I'll just say it out there. People have a lot of opinions on this. Nick says it every week. And I've said it many times. There's a way to have an opinion and to care about people. I got married, and I've been married 15 years now, and one of the biggest things my wife has taught me is that. And I'll just say, like, I think it's something to strive for, to figure out how to have conversations where you are seeking to understand the other perspective 
more than you are trying to communicate yours. Because it's when you understand the other perspective and can repeat it back in a way that they believe they've been heard that you actually begin to accomplish something. It's, it's an amazing thing. Give it a try, guys. Give it a try. That's all I'll say. Nick, it's not a normal episode, yeah. but you can close this out. If no, you I mean, I, realistically, this is, you know, Matt and I, the article came out today. Matt and I in the group chat, we talked about going live tonight. These are genuine reactions to what is going on. This whole conversation and this whole situation is still very fluid. I mean, we hit up Chris last minute and just said, hey, you want to jump on the call for a little bit and hang out and talk with us about, we're going to kind of read through the article. What are your general ideas and reactions to it? That's what this is. Um, uh, realistically, there's still so much going on behind the scenes that we can't really talk about everything in the sense we don't know everything. Um, so give it time. Let's see how these events kind of play out and everything like that. But uh, to everyone who did tune in tonight, uh, Chris, we want to say thank you first and foremost to you for jumping in on the call tonight and giving us your expertise in these areas. Uh, as always, go check out Chris's Disc Golf Law YouTube channel. He posts awesome videos every single week is what it feels like, especially because there's law Locked problems on. every single week. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, to how- everyone tuning in tonight, I'm going to take a shameless plug right now and shout out that we are doing a massive giveaway with the MVP Open. Some insane, insane prizes to be had. You have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel, though. So if you're not already subscribed, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button, turn on your notifications. It will go live. Matt and I were jokingly talking about maybe we'll do this more often and having fun little live streams like this. We don't know how serious we are, but we might do it. Well, so. this one was popular. This one was yeah. really popular. Um, yeah. Chris, I love how I reached out and said, hey, short show. And I don't know what was going on in your mind, but I'm like, hey, an hour's pretty short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I was so, like, oh, we'll, we'll make it fit. No, it's it yeah. was good having you. And um, yeah. there will be a lot more to come on this, but for now, FPO Disc Golf, a lot of the players, the events are going to look more normal. Neither side's fully happy, but here we are. Let's move forward. As Nick always says, tell someone you love them. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you next Monday night or maybe later this week. We don't know. That's Peace. right. And I'm not sure how to close out the show. Here we go. Peace out, everybody. All right, here we go. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.